Hello and welcome to another bonus quarantine episode of the Heart of Markness podcast. Our strange times just got stranger. It is not It is not a peaceful and harmonious day. So it feels weird doing this, but the purpose of this whole podcast is to hopefully bring some peace and harmony and joy to the world through music and uh I'm going to do that even though shit's weird and terrible by any rubric all right hi well a good thing that happened today is oh well we're an at least in uh scenic portland oregon we are an hour and 3 minutes away from it being John Bonham's birthday. But this is not a John Bonham episode. This is an Eric Clapton episode. And um, I chose this because, well, I chose this because it was posted today. Uh, Saturday mornings are typically when the Gems taping consortium um, releases their weekly Mike Millard master recordings that you've been listening to for months and months. And I didn't pick last week's or I don't know, I didn't do Jethro Tull because it didn't sound that great. And it wasn't one of his best recordings. I didn't pick uh, David Bowie from 74 because uh, that was before he got his Nakamichi kick-ass ninja deck. And um, the recording was good, but the venue was boomy and there was echoey and it was it just there's no need. Um, this sounds amazing. Now, this is in no way a rare Eric Clapton recording. This is a legendary Eric Clapton recording, but it is from the master tape. It is nice and clear. It sounds 100% professional. He was uh, second row center, and he had his beautiful the wheelchair Nakamichi rig set up with the, the stereo mics under his hat. And, oh my God, it sounds incredible. And I am not that much of a fan of 1970s Clapton. I'm not much of a fan of post-Derek and the Dominoes Clapton. Um, it's, it's, it's not my thing. You know, it's, uh, I don't like the Lay Down Sally I don't like Wonderful Tonight. I mean, it's like, not that I don't like them. I just don't seek them out and they don't bring me joy when I hear them. Um, For me, Clapton from like 69 through like 72 was unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, you get your All Things Must Pass. You got your Delaney and Bonnie. You got your Blind Faith, you got your Derek and the Dominoes, as well as his first solo album. Basically, the Derek and the Dominoes core group, which carries through all of those different incarnations, um, was incredible. And after that, I don't know. Not my thing. Love is playing. I mean, I like further on up the road and things like that, but it just, it's, he didn't rock out that much. And plus he was drunk 
and fucked up all the time. And we all know the naughty things he says when he's fucked up. And uh, that's not why I didn't like him. It wasn't like I knew. I only found out about the racist shit a couple years ago. But it's just not my bailiwick, eh? I am featuring this tape. I know you're like, then why are you sharing this with us if you don't like it? Didn't say I didn't like it. Um, it just doesn't really do it for me. This him in the seventies is not my thing. This performance, and it's not cause he sucks. I mean, I don't think he sucks at all, but, um, this performance, first of all, it's a Mike Millard master recording. So the sound is insane. Totally worth it. Second of all, it's noteworthy because this night, a good third of his show, he is accompanied by Carlos Santana Keith Moon and Joe Cocker. That is why I'm featuring this. Um, It's pretty cool. It is legendary. You know, if you're a Clapton fan, you're like, this is not new to you. This is like trite as trite can be uh, live performance wise. However, if you are a casual Clapton fan or a classic rock fan, or you're like, hell, I'll fucking listen or, or, or a heart of Markness fan. This is going to be great. I'm playing again. I don't know all the songs and I didn't listen to the whole show because again, as I said, it doesn't really, you know, do it for me. The performances of songs he's done, like he opens with Layla, but I'm not playing that. Um, What I am going to play are a songs I know and B songs that contain Carlos Santana with him and Keith Moon. I don't really hear Joe Cocker in this and, um, What I did hear Joe Cocker on, I'm not going to play because I'm playing these cool ass jams because Carlos Santana is incredible. Eric Clapton's incredible. Keith Moon's incredible. So let's listen to this. First of all, let's talk about his touring band in 1975. This is August 14th, 1975 at the L.A. Forum. A venue we're familiar with. You got your Eric Clapton. You got your George Terry on guitar. Dick Sims on keyboards. Carl Radel on bass. You may remember that name from Derek and the Dominoes. Jamie Aldecker. Aldecker. I don't know how to say him. Jamie Aldecker sounds right. On drums. Yvonne Elliman on backing vocals. And she also had a solo career and... um a hit or two in the 70s on her own, and Marcy Levy on backing vocals, who I think stuck with him for a long time. And then, of course, Joe Cocker, Keith Moon, and Carlos Santana. And Santana was actually the opening act, too, for this show. The set list is not a lot played. It's not a long set. You got your Layla. You got your further on up the road. Knocking on Heaven's Door. Carnival. Can't Find My Way Home, Tell the Truth, Derek and the Dominoes, Stormy Monday, Why Does Love Got to Be So Sad, Teach Me to Be Your Woman, Badge, and Eyesight to the Blind, which is a cool tune. And in 75, I think that's when... Huh. Is that the song that he played in Tommy? Eyesight to the Blind? 75 was when the movie was made. The Who Tommy movie. And Clapton played the preacher, I think. Did he sing I Sight to the Blind? That would make sense, right? All right. 
let's get to it. Now, this is mid-70s Clapton. After he got out of his ridiculous heroin addiction, and by ridiculous, I mean horrible, um, he was in a bad way. I mean, there's the whole Layla story, and it did fuel some of the most amazing music ever made. I mean, that woman, Patty Boyd, who's still around, she's a photographer. She's on Twitter. You can follow her. She's nice and a really good photographer. Uh, you know, George Harrison's wife, Eric was good friends, best friends, kind of, with George Harrison. Um, he also, Clapton, Clapton lived with uh, Jimi Hendrix. They shared a, shared a, a flat and were ridiculously close. And um, that whole period, from the end of Cream to the end of Derek and the Dominoes, Clapton was just on fire. I mean, he was on fire in Cream as well, but that was such a contentious band. And, and man, I wish that they had... I wish Cream had just had one album recorded on an eight-track machine with decent technology. Cream just missed by this much, by a whisker. You know, the eight-track revolution, which was... I mean, eight-track recording was around in the 50s. Tom Dowd pioneered it. And I think Tom Dowd actually produced Derek and the Dominoes, too, right? And it, Which is why it sounds so fucking good. But, <coughs> excuse me. Cream, it's a bummer, because you listen to them, and they just sound a little too old, technologically. You've got that four-track, here's Ginger Baker's mono drums. Uh, that's just too bad. If they could go back and remix that the way that they remixed the Beatles and do that studio magic where they turn the four tracks into 16 and uh, just give it some more air and room and give Ginger Baker's drums some some, some volume and space. But I digress as I am wont to do. So, let's just jump into it, shall we? I'm sorry, it's a weird night. There's rioting going on, and there's a curfew in Portland. I couldn't even get a goddamn pizza brought to my house. It's tradition. I get pizza on Saturdays. I couldn't do it. All right, so that's that's why I'm distracted. So I apologize. It's heavy today. But... Let us listen to some amazing music captured with amazing clarity by an amazing man who, I mean, the, the, the debt that Western culture itself owes to Mike Millard for taking the time and having the ingenuity and wherewithal <laughs> to record these shows in such quality, God bless him, and may he rest in peace. If there is an afterlife, I hope he's happy, and if there isn't an afterlife, I'm glad he existed. So let's listen to Can't Find My Way Home. Now you're like, wow, Stevie Winwood had a really high voice singing that. Clapton's not going to sing that, is he? No, he's not. Oh my goodness, I can't remember who. I think Marcy Levy sings it. And I think he calls out Marcy... It's cute. It's a cute dynamic on stage. Um, so let's listen to it. Can't find my way home. This stuff does not have Santana and Keith Moon. This is just Clapton and his band. The rest, everything else you hear tonight will have all those guys. 
But I want you to hear Can't Find My Way Home because it's really pretty. And it's really pretty sung by a woman with a beautiful voice. All right. Eric Clapton, L.A., 1975, August 14th. Can't Find My Way Home.
I apologize. I don't know who sang that. I thought he introduced her. That must be one of the other songs. Maybe it was Badge, where he calls out Marcy. I don't know if that was Yvonne Elliman or Marcy Levy or Levy. Um, But if it matters, you probably already know. Good rendition. I liked it. I liked it mellow. That mellow was okay. Um, actually, it's all fine. What am I going to say? Critiquing Eric Clapton. But um, <laughs> the balls on this guy. Me. Um, huh. I just noticed both my fans aren't running in my room, and yet I still have electricity. <sighs> I'll have to look into that next song. All right, friends. All right. Now we're going to play a wonderful song, one of my favorite songs off of the Derek and the Dominoes Layla album, which if you haven't listened to it in a while, I I beseech you to listen to it. It is sublime. It is some of the best rock ever performed, some of the most passionate ever performed. Young Eric, I mean, at this concert here, he is only 30 years old. He is only 30 years old, and he is already Eric Clapton, solo artist, Eric Clapton from Blind Faith, Eric Clapton from Derek and the Dominoes, Eric Clapton from Cream, Eric Clapton from John Mayall's Blues Breakers, and Eric Clapton from the Yardbirds. Holy shit. This is why they say Clapton is God. All right. Unfortunately, my God is Jimmy Page for that. But Clapton, my goodness. Look at all he's accomplished in, what is it, 75, like 12 years of recording? A dozen years. As long as Led Zeppelin was together as a band, Clapton had already been in, had hits, and become renowned for, one more time, in the other direction, the Yardbirds, John Mayall's Blues Breakers, Cream, Blind Faith, Derek and the Dominoes, and then solo artist Eric Clapton. Wow. Not to mention a bunch of other stuff he did, like, of course, the Beatles. Maybe you've heard of them. Delaney and Bonnie and Friends, back when he didn't want to be famous anymore, he just wanted to play guitar. Ay, 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 the concert for Bangladesh, doing stuff with Pete Townsend. It's impressive. It's a lot. It's a lot for a guy. Man, no wonder why. No wonder he had problems. In any case, he made beautiful, beautiful music, and we're going to listen to some of it. Anyway, why does love got to be so sad? If you're going to listen to Derek and the Dominoes, my favorite manifestation of that iteration of that is the 1990 version, the 20th anniversary, which, if I recall correctly, was remixed by Tom Dowd. I prefer it much more than the original mix, which I found a little muddy. And I prefer it much more than the mix that came after it, I think probably for the 40th anniversary of Derek and the Nominos. You can find it on Spotify. It's fantastic. And just listen to the passion and yearning with which he is singing. I mean, you've heard these songs a million times. Layla, you've heard a million times. It's like Stairway to Heaven. 
it's hard to listen to it with fresh ears because you grew up with it. It's been around for 50 years. Jesus Christ. Wow. Um, but y'all know, you know, you know the story of it. Unrequited love, please, please. I love you. Longing, longing bell bottom blues, same thing, but you can hear it in his voice. And it's, it's so good. And why does love got to be so sad again? Um, man, nothing, nothing gets the creative juices flowing like heartache and heartbreak and yearning. So let's listen to some yearning. Why does love got to be so sad? Also, since I've got you here, you can, um, find some of Eric's most passionate playing that I've heard since Derek and the dominoes. He did, uh, he did a couple of dates in 2009 with the Allman brothers band. And you can catch it on YouTube. You could probably buy them because I believe the Almonds um, released their live stuff. Uh, download at least. I know they don't like trading. They don't like, like, um, I can't play it. They do not like having their stuff recorded, even traded freely. Which is cool. That's their call to make. It's their music. But, um, wow. Get on YouTube and find the sets he did with the Almonds. A good portion of it is just the Derek and the Dominoes album and their version of why does love got to be so sad him soloing with Derek trucks and Warren Hayes Haynes. Oh my God. Why did I forget his name? What the fuck is wrong with me? The guy from government mule. I hate it when I, when I space out like that makes me fear early onset dementia, (laughs) but, um, unbelievable. First of all, unbelievable band the almonds and then with Clapton and and he and Derek trucks are locked in sync so good that it makes me just close my eyes and and just lose myself in the music and because it's on video you can watch Clapton playing and he's grinning like a fool and then there's when trucks Derek trucks is playing the solo and trucks wipes the floor with both Clapton and Warren because and that's not slamming them it's like Derek trucks is just that good he's like the most amazing guitarist that i've ever 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 heard what about jimmy page i know jimmy page but in this context he's perfect and um he starts playing this run and clapton just kind of turned you know he looks at him just out of the corner of his eye he's playing rhythm but you can tell that clapton's like are you going where i think you're going and he does. And when he reaches it and when he pulls it off, Clapton just throws his head back and smiles in bliss because it's, it's perfect and it's just beautiful. And I want you to hear it. So go to YouTube, Eric Clapton, 2009, Almond Brothers, I think Beacon Theater. They had a run every year. All right. Again, there's so much I need to get out. There's so much I have to tell you. All right. Why does love got to be so sad? Great Derek and the Dominoes tune. Now, I believe this. Let me look it up because I want to be accurate. I think this does have Santana. It does. It has Santana and Keith Moon. Now, Keith Moon isn't playing drums. He's playing percussion. And, you know, he's doing it well because he's not completely off his face like he got to be like in 77. So he's he's like when he was on stage with Zeppelin at uh listen to this Eddie show in 77 he didn't really contribute much to the music it was more a personality but here he's contributing to the music and you can hear it and you can hear Santana and you can hear Clapton 
and you can hear them elevating it, and it is good. So let's hear it. Why does love got to be so sad?
That was tight. Now, as good as that was, the Almond Brothers one is a trillion times better. So go to YouTube, Almond Brothers, Eric Clapton, 2009. He played a few nights there. I have my night, which is my favorite, but I bet all nights he played with them were insane. And man, it was incredible. I mean, this is incredible too, and it's an incredible statement because it's just a concert. It isn't like, here is the most important thing that ever happened. No, it's he's playing another gig the next night, and he played another gig the night before. But, man, there's something about the 70s. And there's something about L.A. in the 70s that makes it magical. And, I mean, you've got the L.A. sound and the L.A. musicians, you know, the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac and... Jackson Brown, Warren Zevon, all those guys, and and that pool of creativity and beautiful harmonies and uh, decadence. And um, I don't know. There's something to it. All right. Let's move right along, folks. It's it's a somber night. I'm trying to keep the spirits up and, and lose myself in the music. But, you know, while that song's playing, I've got texts from my friends you know, with videos of shit happening in Portland. And uh, I've got a friend in Texas who's sending me videos off his uh, off his balcony of just the, the riots happening in the streets. I guess someone got beat to death defending their business. So it's a heavy night. And I'm trying to, uh, trying to spread some joy, eh? So let's spread a little joy. Here's a Cream song written by George Harrison. For Eric Clapton, for which he played guitar on While My Guitar Gently Weeps as a quid pro quo. Badge. Very, very good. And that whole thing of him singing Marcy is actually done right at the after the Why Does Love Have to Be So Bad? Because the next song, which I am not playing for you, it must be sung by Marcy Levy. So anyway, Badge. Cream with Santana, not Cream, Badge, Clapton with Santana, Keith Moon on the congas and percussion, and Joe Cocker's allegedly, at least according to the notes, on stage doing something, probably being hammered. Um, If I recall correctly, Keith Moon, Ringo Starr, John Lennon shared a house at this time. And the partying was, of course, legendary. And I think this is when the Hollywood vampires were uh, a thing, which were all those guys that I just mentioned, Keith Moon, Ringo Starr, John Lennon, along with Alice Cooper and Mickey Dolenz of the Monkees as a super hard drinking, like preposterously hard drinking John Bonham at the end level drinking group and so a lot of decadence just before it went over the edge and people started really getting sloppy with it and it affects the music and the vibe but in any case here is a fantastic cream song written by a beetle performed by eric clapton with santana well you know who it is i've said it a million times all right eric clapton badge see ya 
again, very, very good. But he, do you hear the crowd? They don't lose their shit. They're appreciative. They're like, ooh, that was good. But it's not the roar of the ocean that you get with Zeppelin back at their peak. Um, I don't know. Clapton, does. he seems reserved throughout the 70s. And I mean, his songs are mellower, a lot of but he doesn't seem to let himself go and rock out. And maybe, I mean, it's his choice. It's totally his choice. And it certainly didn't do him any harm. He's Eric fucking Clapton. But um, I don't know. There seem, the, I, I miss the wildness. I miss the, the abandon, the, the Dionysian frenzy, I guess, is what I would call it. Um, and he certainly was Dionysian. I mean, he was... If what I've read at uh, about him at this time in his life, he was hammered on stage, lots and lots of cocaine. I mean, he he wore a T-shirt, not at this show, but um, I think in like 78 or something, he had the, the famous T-shirt that said, no blow, no show, or no snow, no show. Anyways, no cocaine, I'm not playing. Um, but I don't know. Like, why am I not losing my mind over this performance? It's just not a lot of fire in it, I guess. Considering he's only 30 years old, man. He should be losing his fucking mind. I mean, he obviously, with everything he went through, as we discussed, he's, he's, he's had a dozen years in the business as Eric Clapton. Not like, I played clubs until I was 27 and then I made it. No, he was famous before he was 20. It's got to be so weird gotta be so weird all right let's wrap this up this weird ass america in flames episode of the heart of markness i'm just the the texts i've gotten while making this podcast while this episode just in the last hour it is now 11:51, and we're nine minutes away from it being john bonham's birthday here in Oregon and the pictures I've gotten from friends of stuff going on outside their windows and man strange times strange times but uh, uh, self-correcting right the market self-corrects anyway let's listen to eyesight to the blind which I think he played in the movie Tommy, but I don't know. In any case, it's excellent. Very cool. And you've got your Santana and your Eric Clapton and your Keith Moon. Joe Cocker's in there somewhere, probably rocking back and forth around the microphone, shit-faced. But in any case, let us enjoy. And the quality. Thank you, Mike Millard. Thank you, Mike Millard, for this amazing recording. That sounds like, I mean, this could be just a straight-up live album. Like, if someone played this on on vinyl, you would not think, my goodness, this sounds like it perhaps is an illicit recording made by somebody hiding microphones under a hat. No. It may not be the, you know, the best-sounding live record you've ever heard, but it sounds great, uh, grading it as a professional recording. You know, I think at worst, you might think it's something that was recorded a little hastily for uh, something like a uh, King Biscuit Flower Hour recording or something like broadcast over the radio. But still, 
considering it's a dude with mics and a hat and a tape deck under a wheelchair, it's just incredible. I know that there's kind of a documentary about Mike Millard, but somebody should really make an honest-to-God Ken Burns kind of documentary series about not bootlegging, not the selling of it, but the tapers themselves. I mean, there's, tape, there's people all over the country that did this. Mike Millard is kind of the kind of the, the, the Einstein, the, the high watermark of that. But there's, there's people who have contributed amazing music to the world or recordings of music to the world. And it would be neat to have a documentary series about that. Why don't you do it, Mark? You have a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I sleep on a futon, so that's not going to be me. But uh, why don't you guys do it? Here. Why don't you guys do that? All right. Eyesight to the Blind. August 14th, 1975. Eric Clapton. This is another nice long jam. You'll enjoy it.
See what I mean? That's the last song of the night. And you've got Clapton and Santana wailing. And it's not... That crowd is not reacting like they're watching Eric Clapton and Carlos Santana with Keith Moon jamming on stage. And it's still, it's very good. It's very good, but it just doesn't have that... It doesn't have fire to me. To me. Okay, I'm not... I am in no way shitting on Eric Clapton or this. I'm just saying it's surprising that the the crowd isn't more enthusiastic. In any case, it's a fantastic show. It's a legendary night and it is an excellent recording. And I am, it is now 12:12. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Bonzo. Happy birthday to you. He would be, well, he is 72 years old today. Um, but he's also 40 years, almost 40 years uh, past tense, which is heartbreaking. All right. Sorry for this bummer of a bonus insurrection podcast episode. But um, we'll see what tomorrow may bring. Be good to yourself. Be good to each other. Wash your hands. And uh, maybe I'll post another one tomorrow. I have some shows in the can. Um, I had a Faith No More show that I'm not going to go with because it just doesn't gel. Um, Good show, but it's just not... I don't know enough about them other than I liked their Angel Dust album. And it's just not my music. But um, another show I downloaded today, along with this Clapton show, is a 1978 concert from Bob Welch. Um, the, the Emerald Eyes dude. And he also was with Fleetwood Mac right before Stevie and Lindsay joined. And uh, sings the hypnotized. It seems like it got me hypnotized. That was terrible. Oh, my God. Um, but this 1978 show by Bob Welch is noteworthy because Stevie Nicks and Mick Fleetwood join him. And it's very, very good. It's not a Mike Millard recording, but it's a soundboard, and it is very excellent. And I think I will probably put it up, even though it may not have enough appeal. It may be a shorter podcast, but um, hey, that would be nice, wouldn't it? All right, everybody. Follow me on Twitter, Heart of Markness. Facebook group, Heart of Markness. There's more people joining every week. It is fun. I implore you, since according to my demo, things must be getting back to normal because most of you guys are... uh, 45 to 65 again. Uh, I did have a couple weeks during the old plague where the youth uh, outnumbered you, but we're back to almost to our old numbers, but it seems like I'm keeping a good section of the younger folks. So, hi, Animal Crossing, Nintendo Switch, (laughs) Tom Nook. Um, So, yeah. Join the Facebook group, hang out with people that are nice, and if you want to support this podcast and what I do and how I do, I would love that. It actually uh, has an impact on my life and helps keeps the light helps to keep the lights on here. And these are the people who are keeping the lights on at the heart of Markness right now. Oh, and it's a good time to become a patron because tomorrow is the first of the month. So, hey, hey, consider it. And you know what you'll get? You'll get an extra podcast every month. And 
I should be getting the proofs for some Heart of Markness stickers in the next couple of weeks. And when I do, if you're a patron, you will get one for free. So let's hear it for Avi, Bill, Brad, Danielle, David, Other David, Mark, Mimo, Peter, and Tracy. These are the titans upon whose shoulders rests this podcast. Thank them. They're helping pay for the hosting on SoundCloud. They're helping to pay for the hosting of the website. Speaking of the website, heartofmarkness.com. You will find this podcast and this entire concert. So if you want this show, this master recording of Mike Millard, you'll be able to download it for free. Um, If it's not up when you look, come back in a day and it will be up because I may put it up tonight, but it's already after midnight and I'm bummed out because the world's on fire. Um, So if I don't put it up tonight, I'll put it up tomorrow, which will be Sunday. Okay. Thank you. Be nice, be kind, and be careful. Bye-bye.